This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. I do these weekly podcasts because I think it's worth doing and also because it's fun. Another thing I do for the exact same reasons is write science fiction. I've written four of them so far about a character named Leo Torres. This takes place in a post-revolutionary situation, or in a situation rather in which an insurrection has taken place, but a new world order has not yet been established. Here's the way this one starts. Chapter 1, Meet July Eason. In the second summer after the Great American Insurrection, I was sent to Amarillo, Texas to meet my new boss. I was in love with Leo Torres long before I met him this morning. I guess a lot of young women are because of his daring role in the revolution that just took place, or rather, is just taking place. I suppose there may be individuals who had a bigger role in engineering the takeover by the coalition of Marxists and Greens, but none of them stands out like Leo Torres. Certainly, none of them meant as much to me. So you're introduced to your new narrator. Unlike the first novel, this one is narrated by a teenaged woman. She gets the assignment of documenting a project that was ordered by some of the revolutionary leaders. Now recall, the revolution has taken place in that the old bosses have been overthrown, but there's no new world order. One of the features that is most pertinent is that there is no fossil fuel burning because the situation had gotten so bad, environmentally speaking, that fossil fuels had been banned completely. Leo Torres was a small-time member of the Progressive Party during the insurrection period, but through an interesting set of events, he became very famous, even though he was not really in leadership. Here's the way July Eason, our narrator, explains what happened with Leo. She says, Two years ago, when I was 15, I first heard of the final offer at American Textiles. Most people know the story now. Leo Torres led a band of revolutionaries right into the heart of the beast, into the boardroom of American Textiles during the strike there. When the fat cats refused Torres's demand and attacked him physically, Leo Torres single-handedly knifed them all completely dead. Then he climbed down the outside of the building and declared victory for the strikers. It was the turning point for everything. So says July Eason in that quote. But that's just the way other people understood it. The fact is, Leo had just misunderstood his instructions. He was with a, a group of people that confronted the board of that corporation during a strike, and everybody else decided to leave, and they put Leo in charge, and the last person to leave just turned to the young Leo and said, don't let them leave. 
Well, when they tried to leave anyway and tried to run over Leo, he took his instructions literally and ended up killing them all. He was, this was the only violent act of the whole insurrection. And it was completely wrong. It was a complete misunderstanding. And Leo is painfully aware of that. However, it just happened that that was the day that the insurrection became complete. And a lot of people associated Leo with that great victory and thought that he had, had in fact been carrying out his instructions correctly. Well, Leo Taurus was not a great leader, but he had been given a small assignment, and that was in the first novel. In the second assignment, he has to deal with one of the problems of society. This is a problem of what are you going to do with people who just cannot cooperate in a revolutionary situation. The specific group that I picked for this novel is drug addicts. There are a lot of drug addicts, and they do not fit into the idea of a new revolutionary society or a new world. So what are you going to do with them? You can't just take them out and shoot them. No humanitarian revolution would do any such thing. And you would like to be able to educate them or rehabilitate them, but it's not very likely. The fact is that our, our current system is always trying to educate them and rehabilitate them and not being very successful at it. So the course of action decided upon, just to try it, is to create a reservation out in a remote place. And in that reservation, drug addicts are invited to come and get free drugs. They can also get rehabilitation, but that's only a small part of the program because actually they could have gotten rehabilitation back wherever they came from. On this reservation, they get free drugs. And Leo is assigned to head up the group that uh, will be the administration for the reservation. They don't coerce anybody to go. They don't tell people to go. They just make it available. And people start arriving by the train loads because of the free drugs. In fact, before the place is even really built, they have a capacity crowd and then an overcapacity crowd. July Eason writes it all down. Everything that people say, everything that happens, and everything she thinks about it. And that's novel number two. I had a big time using this teenage woman as me. I'm the actual writer of this thing, but she writes it and she observes things differently than a man would. For example, there's a chapter or two in which she talks about clothing, makeup, and things that weren't even in the first book at all. So Miss Eason, like a lot of women in her period, was in love with Leo Torres. He was a dashing and romantic figure of the revolution. This made Leo extremely uncomfortable. And of course, there's a scene in which he explains to July Eason that she may as well put her ambitions aside. He is, 
he is not going to take advantage of his uh, fame and his popularity anymore. He did it at first, but that was in the first book. In this, in this novel, he has some real problem. What are you going to do when the train loads of drug addicts start coming into your reservation? Well, one of the problems is that a lot of them die. You know a lot of people die of drug overdoses. And not very many of them are normal people. Most of them, practically all of them, are drug addicts. They find a way to die. I don't know if it's because they feel that they have nothing to live for or if they're just careless or if drugs are just that dangerous or what, but nevertheless, people OD, die of drug overdoses all the time. And what are you gonna do about that? Well, July Eason one day goes out and sees how this is handled on the reservation. And remember, they cannot burn fossil fuels, so they don't have any motors or engines to run, run things. It's all pretty much done by hand or by horseback. She sees someone lying dead and she sees a couple of men push up a strange contraption with a great big handle on it. It turns out that this contraption is something like a chip, like the things that they use to uh, tear up tree branches. So they take the body, stuff it into this thing. They dig a small hole with post hole diggers. July Eason, of course, doesn't know what post hole diggers are, but she describes them. And uh, she describes they're pulling, turning this crank and shifting the body around until they have broken it up into mostly juices, which fall down into this hole. And whatever pulp material is left over falls down in this hole. Then they put a couple of seeds for a tree into the hole, fill the hole with dirt, put a little copper plaque on it, identifying the person as best they can, and then move on. And that's how people are disposed of. That's how cadavers are disposed of on this reservation. It doesn't work. The reservation is way too far from normal people's ideas of what should happen. And eventually, the people who live nearby form a gang of hoodlums using uh, bulldozers and other kinds of equipment. They go in, tear down the fence, go into the reservation, turn over, uh, knock down the buildings, shoot as many of the drug addicts as they can catch, and create a general pandemonium, a massacre, that ends the whole thing. And they put Leo Torres under arrest toward the end of the thing. At that point, they put him on trial, and then you get into an evaluation. Leo Torres explains that the intention of the reservation was never to help the drug addicts. If they wanted help, they could have gotten it back where they came from. The intention was to lower crime in the rest of the world. And in that regard, Leo Torres says, 
the early results indicate it was a success. These were criminals. These were drug addicts. They supported their drug habits with petty thievery and other kinds of crimes. Leo maintains that the idea is a success. But will they go on with it? Or is there something better to do? Or do you have an idea? What would you do after a revolution, if you had some say-so about it? What would you do with the people who just simply would never cooperate, would never really be a part of a brave new world? That's the issue that's taken up in my second novel. I was going to write more and more like this, just taking up one or two small aspects of social questions, social conundrums that needed to be solved. And I was going to have Commissioner Torres assigned to different ones, and I was just going to write them by the dozens like that. But my third novel, he takes on a much larger role. These novels are available for free on my personal website, lilyscola.us. That's L-I-L-L-E-S-K-O-L-E dot U-S. Lily Scola is Danish for little school. It's something I had a personal experience with. Lilyscola.us. L-I-L-L-E-S-K-O-L-E dot U-S. I hope you'll take a look. And if you don't, that's okay. Figure out your own answer. What are you going to do? with drug addicts. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.